Matthew, the 28th chapter, I'll turn your attention to two text scriptures. Matthew 28, 18, and Luke 24, 49. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. Luke 24 and 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And I want to share with you King Jesus all-powerful and empowering. King Jesus, all-powerful and empowering. Father, we come thanking you for the power of your spirit that is in this sanctuary. I thank you for every soul that has walked into this sanctuary and those that are watching by way of webcast. Distance is no issue with you. Let us feel your power and endue us with your power. You know what you want out of all of our lives. You have a plan for everyone that is in here today. And it's not a plan just to make our individual life better, but it's a plan to expand your kingdom. But it will only be done through your power. Now let it be done in Jesus' name. And can the church shout amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. Jesus is the king, and we need a greater king kingdom revelation. I know that I sound like a broken record whenever I get in a pulpit, wherever I minister. But I have a passion about us gaining a greater understanding of the king kingdom connection. A king speaks of authority, and King Jesus is the ultimate authority. Our lives intersect with many authority figures. We can start with our parents, go to our grandparents, our pastor, school teachers and principals and assistant managers and managers and general managers and owners. We can go to mayors or governors or congressmen or senators or president. Our lives literally intersect with authority figures all through our lives. But if you took and combined the power of every authority figure, you could combine it all and never even get close to the power of King Jesus. There's no comparisons. There's not even any close seconds. People lovingly say sometimes of their loved ones or someone they respect, they're right up there with, with God or they're right up there with Jesus. And that sounds okay, but it's very far from the truth because there is no human that's even close to Jesus Christ. King Jesus is sovereign, and that means that he is self-governing. He has all power. He has ultimate control. He has complete authority. He is the king of the kingdom. And a kingdom speaks of a king and the king's domain. King Jesus literally rules it all. 
King Jesus is the all-powerful king. He's the all-powerful potentate. Put whatever title you want to put there, it'll fit. Monarch, leader, whatever. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. If he has all power, then that pretty much sums it up. He has all power. That means there is no power that is greater than his power. That means that there is no power fighting me that is greater than his power that will fight for me. That means that there is nothing that will rise up against me that is greater than his power. So when we realize that, it's easy for our mind to then go to, well, if he has so much power, then why is there so much evil on this earth? I believe the allowance of evil proves his mercy. But you can believe that evil will not be allowed forever. There's an old, there's a saying that, that I've really only heard the last couple of years and people will see situations and they'll say things like, that's not going to age well. That's, that's not going to age well at all. This is not going to live well. And I promise you, evil is not going to age well. It's not going to age well at all. In our country today, as the apostolic church, we'd better not be fooled into thinking that this battle is simply between political parties. We had better not believe that the battle is between the donkeys and the elephants. We had better understand that the real battle is between the angels and the demons. We, we had better realize that the kingdoms are in conflict and we're being fooled to bring it down on a level and think, well, if this person could get voted in or out or this person could get voted in or out, I know all that plays in wherever it plays in. But the real battle is not between, let's go biblical, why don't we? It's not flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, against powers against the rulers of this world, against what? Spiritual darkness in high places. So, so yes, ha have your own opinions about what's going on here, but don't, don't lower your, your mind and your thinking to just an earth level. I think this helps us understand why the kingdom law found in Matthew 5, 44 says what it says. And notice I said the kingdom law. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I believe that this kingdom law is twofold. I believe it helps us to understand that we must grow and mature and, and hopefully respond in such a manner to somebody that, that they will turn before it's too late. Because you can believe that the king will one day deal with every evil bully. There's going to be a day when the king is going to say enough is enough. And every evil bully is going to be dealt with. Bullies at home, bullies young, bullies old, bullies in the schoolhouse, bullies all the way to the boardroom. Every predator, every abuser, every liar, 
every thief, whether they're white collar, blue collar, or no collar, everyone will be dealt with because you can believe the king of the kingdom will not always allow evil to rule. It will be brought to justice. Mercy now does not mean forever. It's not going to be pretty. As a matter of fact, it's going to be very ugly because no one will ever stop King Jesus from purging the wicked and ungodly when it's time. You can believe that, that evil is running the way it's running right now, but it's only for a time. You can believe that evil is not going to age well because the king I'm speaking of has all power. And if you think he's going to allow this forever, then you need to get on your knees and get back into the word of God and realize it's not always going to be like this. The king does not consider his laws optional. He's, he's not open for a democratic vote. His kingdom is not a democratic republic or whatever the USA really is today, who knows. But his is the kingdom, and Jesus is the all-powerful king over the greatest kingdom that has ever been or ever will be because his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. The fact is, King Jesus is referred to as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What this means is, is that in the end, all other rulers will be conquered or they'll be abolished. And he alone will reign supreme as king and lord over all the earth. So there is no power. There is no king. There is no lord who can oppose him and win. King Jesus is all-powerful. I hope somebody will leave here today realizing and realigning your thinking with the fact that King Jesus, the one that we are seeking to serve, literally has all power out of his own mouth. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. When we consider earthly kings, they are empowered by people and guards and armies, and, and they gain wealth by invasion or by taxes. They're in power as long as they maintain the most power at that time. And every earthly king knows that history is against them. I can't imagine what some of the kings really go through in their mind when they think about history and another king that was conquered and another king that was conquered. But Jesus is not thinking about past kings and worrying about, am I going to be able to maintain my power? Am I going to be able to maintain my, my kingdom? Because King Jesus needs no one or no thing. Does he desire? Yes, but needs? No, and there is a big difference. He has all power. Remind yourself of that whenever you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Remind yourself of that when you have more bills than you have money. Remind yourself of that whenever people inside your house are driving you crazy. Remind yourself of that when you're up against things at work and you've got a, a superior over you that, that you wish that they'd find another job.
Just, just remind yourself when you're in situations that you can't handle. Look in the mirror. Talk to yourself. It can be healthy. And remind yourself, King Jesus has all power. And he's more powerful than this family member. And he's more powerful than this person at work. He's more powerful than this person at school. And he will have the last word. Yes, he will. That's King Jesus. He has power to raise the dead, calm physical storms, and any other impossible for man situation. Luke 18, 27, and he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. He's empowered by himself. He'll speak into creation anything he needs. He has all power. So have we worked that side of the coin over enough? Is everyone convinced that King Jesus is all-powerful? He's all-powerful. Now let's flip this coin and get it down to where we live. He's not just all-powerful. He's empowering. He is the power-sharing king. How many empowering kings have, have you ever studied in history that intentionally trained and empowered their people to do greater works than they did? Not earthly kings, because if an earthly king found opposition, they, they murdered the opposition. It didn't even matter if it was a family member or many family members. What we understand today is the spirit of Pharaoh and Herod is alive and well. Their bodies may have died, but the spirit that controlled them is alive. And those spirits just move from people to people. It's the spirit of death. But not so with King Jesus. He came that we might have life. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. You say, I, I'm not experiencing abundant living. Then it's time for you to really study the king and really study what the scriptures about the king and kingdom mean and start aligning your life with that. But here's how it all unfolded. Many of you know the story, but just in case someone doesn't. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And all that is in the earth, God did it. Light, sky, land, sun, moon, stars, fish, fowl, animals, and man. And so then God places man in a beautiful garden with everything he needed. And not only did he place him in a beautiful garden with everything he needed, he gave him dominion. It was a paradise, but man through disobedience gives away the dominion to the enemy. And so an enemy that had already risen up rises up again to God's creation and tricks them, and they give it away. Now, anybody in their right-thinking mind can look at this picture and say, this is not nearly about over. You think that God is going to create all of this and set all of this in motion, and he's going to have a head angel rise up 
against him, going to cast him down, then he's going to create and then allow that angel, Lucifer, to come in the form of a servant and take away God's creation? Do you think God's going to say at that point, okay, done, I'm, I'm beat, I'm defeated? No way. So he came to earth. God came to earth. And it speaks of him as he was born king. I know many people struggle with the, the doctrine and the revelation of God in flesh. But Jesus Christ was and is the face of God. We, we understand that. We need to share that, that understanding. This is literally fulfilled. Uh, it's a prophetic statement that you look back in the Word of God with the revelation that we have now, and you look back in the Word of God, and you see types and shadows all through the Old Testament. You see the prophecies all through the Old Testament of this King, King Jesus, God in flesh, the one with all power. We see it very clearly in in the time when Abraham was taking Isaac up to the mountain and he was going to sacrifice him. In Genesis 22, 7 and 8, And Isaac spake unto Abraham, and listen, for those of you that may think that Isaac was just a little lad, a little boy, let's not think that. Uh, Isaac was big enough to throw Abraham off the mountain. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be said for the submission and the understanding of Isaac. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Abraham had no idea in the fullness of what he said. When he looked at Isaac and said, God will provide himself a lamb, he was speaking words. He had no idea the, the width and the breadth of that revelation that he spoke. But when we bring it into the New Testament in Matthew 1.23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. In John 14, 8 and 9, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? So King Jesus comes, he, he came to offer himself as the lamb that would take away the sin of the world. He came for 33 years, and what did he do? He lived, he taught, he ministered. He, he literally became the lamb slaughtered. He was brutally murdered for us. He gave himself to be brutally murdered for us. He resurrected. He came back and he taught his men, these people, kingdom principles for 40 days. 
And then he led them out as far as Bethany. And, and there at the end, as he was being taken up, or right before he was being taken up, he said in Luke 24, 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. King Jesus knew something. He knew that what was before them, he knew that what was before us would be something there would be no way that any of us could handle under our own power, under our own intellect, under our, our own ability. No way. He knew our only hope was his power in our lives and through our lives. That was going to be the only way. And so they did what every one of us should do. They made the journey and they settled down until it happened. I would, I would ask somebody today, it's time for you to quit journeying. It's time to quit running here and running there trying to figure it, figure it out. It's time to make your last journey, your key journey that needs to be made. And you're going to have the opportunity to make that journey or realign your journey in just a few more moments whenever I'm through sharing this word with you. And get to a place and tarry until you are endued with power from on high. That's the journey. That's the journey we need to take. That's the journey we need to continue to take. That's the journey all of our friends need to take. That's the journey our family needs to take. It's not about joining a religion. It's about positioning for the king to empower you with the king's power. We were driving to church this morning and uh and and Melanie received a text from from our friends who pastor in uh in Copenhagen um uh, Chris and Clara Brett and their 10-year-old son Daniel received the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning in in their church service and you can believe we are all extremely excited about that, but that excitement needs to continue, and it is continuing all over the world today. In Acts 2, 1, and 4, they made the journey. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So today we come in to Pentecost Sunday. You know, it's a good day to be a Pentecostal. There is a feast, there is a, a holiday that, that is named after, after Pentecost. Pentecost means 50, and Pentecost Sunday is 50 days after Easter. And what it celebrates is the outpouring of the Spirit and the birth of the church. That's what we're celebrating today. Let me just tell you this, not because we are a Pentecostal church, but just for the, the biblical fact, Pentecost Sunday is a big deal. 
Hey, it's like a real big deal. It is, it is amazing to me how much effort is given by many people in many denominations to run people through the Gospels with enough force to jump over Acts into the epistles. It absolutely am amazes me at the amount of people that will not put the same amount of focus on the book of Acts that they put on the Gospels and the epistles. But I'm very glad that we are in a church, that, that we put as much emphasis on Acts as we do Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Romans on through. Well, why is that? We're celebrating today the literal birth of the church. Happy birthday, church! Not just new life, but happy birthday, church! To the international church. We must do what they did. They positioned themselves. They tarried. They, they were filled. And the good news is it was not just for the 12, like many people say. I am amazed whenever I look in the Word of God and try to find phrases and, and statements that are, that are so used in salvation, and I, and I do not Find them. Don't let anybody tell you that it was only for the twelve. In Acts 2, the Spirit is poured out. They hear people speaking in other tongues, meaning languages that they did not know. I don't have time today to tell all the stories, but, but there have been many stories that I have heard where someone came in who could speak another language into an apostolic church and somebody started speaking in tongues and they were speaking the language that this unbeliever knew and the unbeliever went to them afterwards and said, can you speak such and such? And they look at him like, well, no, I can't speak that. And they, well, you just were. And then they start explaining, why does that happen like that? For a sign. And it was a sign that went beyond just the 12. Peter lays it out for him. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel in Acts 2, 37 and 39. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift, the gift the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. The promise. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And the good news on this Sunday morning in 2021 is that He's still calling. He is still calling those that believe the promise and will receive the gift. Those are two key words. You've got to understand that it is a promise. It is promised to you. It is promised to me. And it is a gift. I don't care if you're a working harlot and you were working last night or if you're somebody that was with a harlot last night. And here you are in this church today. Guess what? The promise is to you, 
and to your children and to all that are far off. And it is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift that the Father gives. It's the gift that, that the Father in Jesus Christ gives to us. You don't have to earn gifts. You don't have to earn gifts. And the reason why there are many apostolic people that are struggling so much in their walk with God is they're still trying to earn everything. And they're still trying to be God. And they're still trying to impress God. And they're still trying to do things good enough that, okay, now God may call my number. It's a gift. There are gifts of the Spirit that come after the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so I just say today that if we'll just give God an opportunity and believe what he said, and if we'll position ourselves, then we can receive the Spirit that he gives as a gift because it is a promise and King Jesus doesn't lie. Now, how many really believe what I just preached? Well, if you believe it, why don't you stand and give him praise? Why don't you stand right now and just give the king praise? Why don't you just praise the king right now? The all-powerful empowering king the all-powerful empowering king his presence is in this sanctuary right now so here's what I would like for us to do I would like for the four or five people that that we asked to come to the front to help us in prayer to come and stand and face the congregation. I am not, I am not going to pull any tricks. I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do. And you can decide if you want the Spirit to work in your life today or not. Nobody can make you. But I can tell you this. To, to not allow the Spirit to do a work after being in the kind of a service that we've been in where the Spirit of God is so strong, that's just, a, that's just a decision I'm not going to make. I'm going to let the Spirit work in my life. I'm going to let, there, are, there are people here today that you have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You never have. You don't have to leave without it today. You, and, and we're not going to embarrass you. It's no telling what you've heard, but whatever you've heard, we're, we're not putting dust on you. We're not going to shake you. We're not going to rattle or roll you. This is, this, this is too important for us humans to mess it up. This has to be a spirit thing. And so what I would like for us to do right now, everyone in this building, we're all going to repent. We're all going to repent. We're going to take a moment. I'm going to repent. 
I'm standing in the pulpit. I'm going to repent. And I, and I would like right now, because what that does, that, that opens us up and clears the atmosphere for the Spirit to do the Spirit work. Amen? And repenting is just not only saying I'm sorry for what I'm doing that is against you, God, but that I will turn and let you lead me. And this is where the power is going to be so important because we already know under our own power, we can't, right? We, we understand that. But right now, it starts with repentance. So if you want to close your eyes and bow your head or if you want to lift your hands, whatever. Can, can we, everyone right now, create an atmosphere of repentance? Repentance. Father, we come. I come. I come, and I ask you to forgive me. I've asked you before I walked on this platform, but, but I ask you anything, anything in my heart that is not pleasing to you, anything in my life that is not pleasing to you. Father, I ask you not only to forgive me, but help me to not only confess it, but to forsake it. I'll never be able to do that on my own. I have to have your help. I don't want anything in my life to not be pleasing to you. From my heart, from our hearts, God, we ask that you will forgive us. Let it be done in Jesus' name. And now, listen to me closely. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or if you know Today, the Spirit is pulling you to be refilled. It may have been a long time. It may have been yesterday, but you're feeling that Spirit tug right now. Is there anyone in the building that will just walk to one of these people right now? If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or if you want to be refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're, if you're seated with somebody and you know you've had conversations and that they need to respond to this right now, help them out. Is there anyone right now? It, come. Come. Is there anyone? Come. Now's, now's not the time for pride. I'm not after a big response for me. All, all I'm doing is what God told me to do. If it's one, if it's two, if it's a hundred like it should be. But whatever it is. Come. Come, step out. The Spirit of God is, is, uh, is moving on people right now. Church, I would like for you to really pray right now that people will step forward that people will step forward please come please come yes yes come come the spirit is drawing just stretch out all across here the spirit is 
The Spirit is drawing. I'm, I'm going to give some instructions in just a moment, but go ahead and be praying the way that you are right now. The Spirit is drawing. Keep coming. Keep coming. Thank you, brother. Come. We still have people coming from the back. Thank you, ladies. Come in. Come. All right, let's stop just a moment and look around. Those of you who, who I have, uh, who I asked to help, would you look around and make sure that if you see anyone that has never received the Holy Ghost, would you move to them? Let's make sure. Let's make sure that we have someone with people who have never received the Holy Ghost. Everybody's important. Everyone's important, but we need to have that, that covered. All right. All right. Church, the ones up, up at front, all the way to, to the back. We've repented, and that's what the Bible says. We've got to want it. It has to be our desire. You've, you've walked to the front. And you must have a desire to receive it. And right now, if you're, if you're praying, you walk to the front, you must have faith. You must have faith that He's going to speak through you. You have faith that He's going to speak through you. And now from the front to the back, can we close everything else out in our mind? Close... Close it out. Close everything else out. And can we start praising God right now? The greatest praise is hallelujah. The greatest praise is hallelujah. If you're seeking right now, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and praise Him. And the only word, if you can't think of other words... You just say hallelujah. Father, right now we have positioned ourselves. We have positioned ourselves for your spirit to be poured out. And I speak the word of faith right now over this entire congregation that the Holy Ghost will now, will now come down on people. And the Spirit of God will speak. The Spirit of God will speak now from the front to the back. Can we worship Him? Can we praise Him? Let the power of the Holy Ghost refill you. Those of you that, that are in the back, let the power of the Holy Ghost.